In today's show, we return to Europe, where society is quite literally pulling apart at the seams. I've just got back today from a four slash five day trip. I didn't tell you this, but the reason I recorded my video first thing on Friday morning was because I had a flight to get just after lunch. Now, before we get on to all the stuff that's been going on, I've got a dozen different things here that are um, emerging right now in Europe. This is to build upon all the other things. Let me just share a quick experience that I had on Friday. Number one, my flight was delayed by two hours. Number two, my other transport during the, the four or five day trip was delayed at every single stage. Then when I came back, I was delayed again by over an hour. And you start looking at all this and saying, well, it's not a big deal, is it, Neil? You know, you're delayed here, delayed there, problems uh, all over. Well, it kind of is because you can't look at these as isolated incidents, which some people I've been talking to, you know, I like to talk to everyone when I'm out and about. I probably met a dozen of you subscribers as well who just stopped me in different, different cities because I went through seven different cities over the last few days and I was stopped a lot to, to chat. And what I find interesting is most of you who watch the channel realize what's going on and you can see it as the, the entire web and connected all together. But a lot of people in public, they just can't see what's going on. They don't see the live feeds of France right now on Twitter and some other platforms where there are just multiple fires. There are huge clashes. There's actually the most amount of riot police, according to the media, that's ever been mobilized in Paris right now and France in general, trying to handle the what they say is three million protesters on the street. And again, the media are calling it a lot of them violent protesters. But again, it's the same thing that happens with every protest or a lot of these protests that are peaceful. You have these groups that infiltrate the protest and they do a lot of violence and destruction, which then makes the police get heavy handed on the protesters at large because they mix in with the, the, the main groups. But even just driving around, I had to drive around a lot. You'll probably notice this yourself. The roads are just constant traffic cones everywhere you go. There are roadworks, there are speed limits everywhere you go. It's just constant roadworks. Everywhere you go, it's constant roadworks. The potholes are horrendous. Every single road seemed to have these huge potholes. And for me, it was quite a strange experience because where I live, there is none of that. There's no roadworks. There's no big potholes everywhere. There's no people getting out of a car to have a fight and then one guy gets a baseball bat out. You know, this sort of stuff to me was quite surprising to see in the middle of the street. Then I saw two women having a fight in the middle of the supermarket on the floor. I mean, this sort of stuff is crazy to, to actually see this with your own eyes. And it's not just England and a couple of other places like France. We have um, what's going on today, Germany. According to the media, Germany is at a standstill today. There are a lot of problems in Germany. The planes are halted. The trains are halted. People couldn't get to work. People couldn't get to their medical appointments. Airports, buses and train station were closed because there's a dispute over payment. You see, this is what we're going to see the pattern of as we go through all of this. The government's already given themselves pay rises, the politicians and all the other people. 
But now when it comes to the people who are suffering the most and the government saying, oh, food inflation is just a few percent, when we know it's gone up about 50 percent since 2019 or even 2020, we know for a fact it's gone up by 50 percent because myself and many other people on social media have done the studies. We've gone to the supermarkets, we've taken old receipts and we've bought the items again and saw what the price is. It is around 50% food inflation. Energy, we know, is up massively. It's as much as 300% increase in some areas. So when you see things like this, that workers are asking for a 5% pay rise and it's being rejected by the government, but yet they're sending billions of euros and billions of dollars and billions of pounds for weapons for the military industrial complex, which is on overdrive right now, you can see why people are so upset. Even the teachers are about to go on strike in the UK. So there's huge amounts of strikes about to, to happen in the UK. But in Germany, 380,000 air passengers had flight suspensions. We also had rail services cancelled. Someone that was interviewed said that he had uh, two jobs, sometimes three jobs, just to make ends meet for his family. Now, it's interesting when you keep hearing these stories because it always reminds me of the good old days, if we go back a good few decades here, and we actually think of a assistant manager, let's say, of a grocery store or something like that, could afford a beautiful four or five bedroom house in the suburbs, three kids, wife didn't need to work, and he could support the family, good standard of living, but yet, if you look today where taxis are now and you see that people are working two, three jobs just to make ends meet, there's obviously something going on here. And now you have inflation on top, which remember is a tax. And the Bank of England just put out, I'll probably cover this later on uh, on another story, but they just put out this, this shocking article saying it's your fault. It's people's fault for asking for higher wages. Uh, that's who's caused all this problem. People asking for higher wages, people retiring early and all these other things. No, inflation is the expansion of the monetary supply. There's only one person that can do this. It is the governor of the Bank of England combined with government uh, policies as well. This is where it comes from, the government and the central bank. It doesn't come from any other people in different countries around the world. This is where it is all coming from. But the media is doing such a great job at the moment, fooling people into thinking that all this is coming from elsewhere and the food shortages are coming from some country you know, on the other side of Europe. It's just not true. And even when it comes to food and all of these food shortages, it's all being blamed on, on similar things at the moment, but it's just not true. In fact, we have this article, Dutch-style tractor protests sweep Slovenia in response to EU rules. And do you remember Brussels just a couple of weeks ago? Unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to cover it because of the banking crisis. But the roads were just completely blocked. Belgium as well. Now, more than 2,000 of these tractors have come to the streets of Brussels and will be forming a 10-mile-long convoy. The Flemish regional government has been struggling to find a deal to cut nitrate pollution, with farmers arguing that it would put many of them out of business. They say they could cause a socio-economic bloodbath for their industry. The sector is one of Europe's most nitrogen-intensive and that the reform is desperately needed to safeguard the environment. All the people know uh, what's, what's going to happen when we all have to go. 
Where does the food come from? And again, what is the government and media response? It is they are right-wing extremists, these farmers who are trying to deliberately block all the roads and grind society to a halt. No, that is not true. They are just fighting for what is rightfully theirs. Some of these people are third, fourth generation farmers. And they're saying that these new policies that are being enacted will bankrupt the farm. It will force them to close. And then they talk about what the impacts of that will be on the food supply. And remember, we already have problems with the, the food supply. So it's not right-wing extremists. These are very logical, rational people. And remember, they've also brought down now these emission targets from 2035 to 2030. In fact, some of them were 2045, now down to 2030. And it's a 95% cut in emissions from the 1990 rate. Do you realize what the rate was, where we are here, 2023, what it was in 1990? And they want to bring it from 95% of that. It's insanity. It is going to cause a humanitarian crisis unlike anything we've ever seen. But French fishermen as well are blockading um, ports and all sorts over the, the trawling ban, the EU trawling ban. Again, all of these things are coming out from the EU. But the German inflation rate is pretty high at the moment. So the official rate is 8.7%. Double that and you're closer to the truth. Household energy is 19%. Again, double that, you're closer to the truth. Food, 21.8%. Again, these aren't accurate figures. The government are deliberately manipulating them. So when you offer workers a 5% increase um, over two years, this is, this is nothing. This is peanuts. People already working two or three jobs. How are they supposed to survive? And you, and you look at some families, you've got the husband and the wife out working a couple of jobs and they've got kids and the healthcare bills have gone up. This is, this is not going to work. I'm just leveling with you all here because I get it all the time. I'm doom mongering and he's living in a fantasy world and everything else. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not watching the media. The only reason I'll, I'll look at the media is to see what, what they're spinning today. Now, I look at things with my own eyes. I get on planes. I, I get in the car. I travel to places. I was driving through Birmingham, actually, on Monday. And honestly, I don't know if you've been to Birmingham in, in the UK. It's actually classed as one of the most dangerous cities in Europe now as well as Coventry next to it. It was just, it was insane. I went out for a meal with, it, with a friend as well. And all it was, was these areas we used to go that were quite nice. It was just gangs. It was just gangs everywhere. And even the buildings were just uh, covered in graffiti or the windows smashed. I just couldn't believe what is happening with these English cities. It, it, was, it was unbelievable to me. But if you watch the mainstream media, you would think that everything is, is absolutely great. Everything's perfect. Um, this is a, a small blip. No, this is not a small blip. But I wanted to continue on with a couple of these articles. This one made me laugh. Veg shortages drive surprise jump in UK inflation. And then the other one was, does the UK have an inflation problem? Um, yes. <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious. The statistics um, are from the Office of National Statistics. This was another one I got in trouble for last year. I take the data from the government website, the Office of National Statistics, and I talk about it. So when I get my videos flagged and, oh, this needs to be taken down, this needs to be removed or whatever, it's the government data, it's the government statistics. It's, it's unbelievable. But I just want you to look at this 
um, chart on screen here then. UK supermarket inflation hits record high of 17.5%. Look at the direction of that line. Does that look as though it's coming down to you? Because it doesn't to me. Now on the other chart here, you can see this surprise jump in, in inflation. Again, this is simple economics and mathematics. It's not a surprise. Inflation is the expansion of the monetary supply. That is it. It's very simple. Yes, there's some other ones and cost push and cost pull and all this stuff. But the, the bulk of the inflation is from quantitative easing and creating what you're calling the US Treasury bills and all this other stuff. That is where this inflation is, is coming from. So it's not a shock to see this increase here because the Bank of England had to bail out the pension plans to stop them from collapsing. If you remember that video I did on it not long ago, they had to create all this new currency. They had to um, print more and do all this other stuff to stop a lot of this collapse happening. And you're going to see a lot more inflation coming through because we haven't seen it all come through yet. You might in a couple of years see another massive spike from the measures that they're taking at the moment. And we haven't even seen the full force of the banking implosion yet. This is still to come. It's not over. I know everyone keeps talking about this. Oh, it's, it's over and done with now, Neil. Um, the collapse is over. All the banks are sound again. They are not. They are even worse than they were before. I just don't know when this full collapse is going to come through them. And it might not even collapse all the way. But if I had to guess, I think that we will probably see the end of a lot of smaller banks over the next few years, because this could go on for quite a long time. They could be held up with more QE, more this, more that, more support programs and everything else. But you know what? If every single person went to the bank and just took out 20% of their money in cash today, the whole banking system would completely collapse. The entire thing would collapse in the space of 48 to 72 hours. That's how bad it is right now. We have also have strikes all across the Netherlands at the moment. This is being kept very hush-hush. We also have massive strikes planned for Spain at the moment. In fact, this list is so long, we'll just not even read them all out. All of these different areas, if you're going to be flying or traveling to these areas, uh, maybe think about going somewhere else unless you want to get stranded or stuck. Now, France, let's just mention this a moment. Because a lot of people and commentators are saying, I just can't understand it. Why is Macron not doing a U-turn now that he knows that there's just no confidence? It, was, um, it wasn't an illegal vote, but it was definitely an undemocratic vote. People didn't want it. Politicians didn't want it. There wasn't the votes. So he just passed it anyway using special emergency uh, powers. And now as a result of this, you've got these very violent protests. You've got huge problems right throughout France and it's not going away. Even with the police using very ha heavy handed tactics, it is just not going away. The protests are actually getting even worse by the day. But either way, this is leading to huge uh, problems. We have hundreds of acts of vandalism, hundreds of cases of damages to public buildings, 2,200 arson attacks, 900 police officers have been injured. They've mobilized 13,000 officers for today's protests, uh, 5,500 of the most um, tough, that I don't know how to describe them, but the most tough riot police in France are going to be in Paris today. 
to deal with these protests. There was a vote that was just taken or a poll, only 24% of uh, French, and again, I don't even believe this number, uh, actually think that Macron is a great president and roughly 60% of the population approve of the current protests. Now, the other thing that isn't being talked about much, but this is gonna be a big knock-on effect, is these strikes are have closed a lot of the refineries. So it's actually saying that there's only roughly two of the refineries are barely operating at present. This has reduced the diesel supply by 200,000 barrels a day. And bear in mind, this has been going on for a few weeks now. And they do believe that soon the diesel could run out at the pumps. Um, this is just, again, non non-stop, uh, constant knock-on effects. And, and this is just ongoing and ongoing and ongoing. But here's what I want to really leave you with. Don't look at these events in the way that the media is portraying them as if they're all isolated and they're just, you know, an event here, an event there. This is all part of a bigger picture. You do what I do and you travel to different places and you'll see with your own eyes what's going on. You'll see how people have changed quite a lot in the last two to three years. People are very, very different now. Society is, is very different. Cultural norms have changed. Culture in general, right across Europe, has changed dramatically. As I said at the start of the lockdowns in 2020, the world is never going to go back to how it was in 2019. That period, that era is over now. What we're seeing is all the things I forecast in the great video. Everything from all of these problems with the food supply and the monetary supply, economies, uh, mass migration, higher levels of crime, poorer healthcare services, all of these things happen when a civilization has really reached its peak and is starting to come down. Because you've got to think what allows a nation to become like that. It really is, a nation is the people. It's the people and it's the energy. But the people have got to be united. If the people are not united and they're very much divided and arguing and fighting with one another, you haven't got that unity which enables a lot of growth. Combined with what do you need? The energy. You need the energy supply. You don't have that either. You don't have the fertilizer supply. You don't have the support for farmers who grow the food which enables the economy to continue. You don't have the supply chains which allows you to build the infrastructure, the housing, the, the transport and everything else. What we're seeing, you know, mark my words on this, is now a decline. We're seeing a decline of the West, as sad as that is. And as much as people always say, well, give us the solution, Neil. Tell us how to fix this problem. There is no fix now, I, I don't believe, to this problem. It's gone too far. And I think the only thing you can do now is to create the fix for you and your family and your household. You can't try and fix the world now. It's just gone too far down this line. Focus on yourself, focus on your family, your community, your church, whatever it is for you. This is where you've now got to put all of your energy and your focus. And with that said, I just want to thank you for being part of my community here. Thank you for everyone that's joined the private community in the last month. We've actually had the biggest growth in the private community ever the entire time I've been running it in the last month. The same with the finance course, the number of people who have been taking it recently, incredible feedback. A lot of stuff that I predicted in that course has now started to uh, come about as well. It's got a lot of guidance and tells you how to 
um, how to get through this and what to do with finance and everything else. Um, but I'll leave it there. Thank you so much for being a subscriber here. Really appreciate you. Take care. God bless. I will see you tomorrow.